welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello, everybody at home, and welcome to Second Contact, a Lower Decks commentary podcast. I am your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me, as she always is... Is Charlene Schmidt. Hello. Today, we are doing our commentary for the last episode of season four. That's right, the 10th episode. It goes by so fast with just 10 episodes, especially if you uh, grew up in the 80s and 90s and you're used to the golden era of Trek, where you got, you got 24 episodes a season. And now we're getting 26. 20, 26 sometimes. 26, we're missing 16. Come on. My gosh insanity but in this day and age it's definitely quality over quantity and this season finale is no different because this was a wild wild ride (laughs) now is that a little bit of a preview as to how much you did love this episode we will find out as we go if this is your first time listening we are indeed a commentary podcast and we watch along with the episode and comment on it but you do not have to uh, you can listen along while you drive on your commute or when you're walking around or if you're doing uh, chores around the house, however you want to do it. But if you do want to follow along, we are queued up after you see CBS Studios production. And as soon as that goes black, that's when we hit pause and do the countdown. So we'll do three, two, one and hit go. And that's when you hit play. Charlene Schmidt, are you ready? Oh, let's do this. Let's do it. Here we go. Uh, three, two, one, play. Previously. Okay, we talked earlier in this season that we wanted to hear Majel Barrett's voice, and um, yes, we're, we're not getting it. We didn't it. get it. <laughs> no. I think it was Jerry O'Connell who was doing yes, it. I think is is Ransom. Did. Yeah. Now, Jerry O'Connell, I love you, but you are not Majel Barrett. <laughs> Out of everybody who's not Majel Barrett, I think Jerry Connell did great. <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> That's all I got to what, say. What was... What what was funny is uh like during this whole recap, it, there's so many times like when you when you watch a long series, or when you watch a series that has a lot of stuff, and then they have the previously on, and then you see what what they choose to retell you. You're like, oh well, that's important for this episode, or like, oh, I had no right. idea that was going to be like, it's it's almost a spoiler in itself. Like if you're completely caught up, it really I know is. that sounds stupid, and I'm not I'm not saying anything no. about spoiler culture. I'm just. Same. But it's true. It's telling you what keywords are highlighted in this episode, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're getting the uh, the whole Nova Squadron here. And, you know, a lot of people were wondering if we were actually going to get the original Shannon Phil back for Saito. And we did. Yeah, she did come back to play Saito Jaxa, which is amazing because she apparently left acting a long time ago. Like she 95 had some roles. was her last yeah. credit. So how did they get in touch with her? How did they convince her to come back? Like, was it an easy thing? Do they have to convince her? I want to know the story. Now, it, yeah. there is one comeback. There is, or not a comeback, but somebody that I had on my wish list who did come back, and that was Will Wheaton. Oh, yeah. You couldn't have done the storyline without, you know, getting Will Wheaton. And he's so involved with New Trek, with doing the Ready Room and being yeah. an MC. You know that he would be on board for this. Absolutely. And I love his take on a younger Wesley now that he's in his 50s. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it was very. It, I mean, it must be so difficult playing some like like Robert Duncan McNeil and and Will Wheaton playing someone who's supposed to be like eighteen and twenty one and things like that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm only in my forties, but it's a little hard to put myself back those twenty something years and remember what that was like and the mentality, the pace, the sound, the feel, all yeah. of that. But I'm not an actor now, and they are, so. <laughs> we find out that Mariner, I thought that they were going to put Mariner in her, at least at her first year, but she was a second. So she was a sophomore at the Academy while Sito, and I called it Saito earlier. I don't know why. Sito uh, <laughs> was a third year. So they were only one year apart. Oh, I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah. So they were oh, only see, one I, year apart. I got the impression that Mariner was very much that enthusiastic first year, but if you're saying mm-hmm. two, okay, I missed that little detail. Good to know. Now, granted, it's not a big difference in age, but you thought that the the writers would give each other as much breathing room as possible. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and also cannot... speaking of like age and age difference and everything like that. So if Mariner is, is 19 there, Mm-hmm. And uh, Locarno would be 21, and you see Locarno today uh, in this episode. Like he's got he's got some city miles on him. If that's the case, he does. He's got Dude gray hair in the back. Well. It's got to be it's got to be guilt or stress. You know, it's it's got to be what? some crazy stuff. Look, when you're a bad person, that evil inside you makes you look bad on the outside. You know, it's it's interesting that they go this route of making him straight up maniacal. Like this guy has been twisted throughout the years. He is very, he is clearly unwell uh, yeah. with um w- in in the brain with his mental health. Like they make that very clear. Like there's certain times he presents himself over the top, but that's to show us on purpose that like oh yeah, this dude went a little crazy. And it's interesting because when he was cached out of Starfleet he admitted full responsibility like he said he's like nope it was me I'm the one who did it and so he was the only one who was kicked out like everybody else just held back a year and so he did the right thing and it ruined him and then it's been eating at him since sort of like how Cito's death has been eating away at Mariner all this time and it, it occurs to me there are not enough counselors in Starfleet to handle uh the mental health of the fleet, because obviously people have got some serious issues. Now I want to know something from you though. What did you think about Locarno as this, as the villain essentially? I don't know if I dug on it too terribly much. I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a great story, but if you get too deep into the lore, you know, Locarno was a kid who made a stupid decision and he tried to cover it up. Yes, it was, you know, we've all done, okay, I haven't done anything where a person has died, but I'm just saying like, we've all done stupid stuff that we've tried to cover up when we were in our late teens, early twenties. Again, his was monumental because somebody died. I get it. Like, I'm not trying to say that's common, but at the same time, this does not mean that he was a bad person or I should say evil person. He was not evil at the time. This is getting crazy. Yeah. So there, there's a wide gap in between when the incident happened and him today. There's got to be some other stuff going on that we didn't see. Well, he sounds to me just like a very classic 
villain anymore where he feels right. that he has been wronged and I don't know, the universe owes him something. He can't see past his own ego. And it, it's kind of a, he's kind of a, he's that, I guess villains these days don't have to have too much of a backstory. They're pretty shallow. They, they feel like they've been wronged by the universe. They're the victim. They blame everybody else but themselves. And, you know, they want what they want. And they're going to, it doesn't matter who gets in the way as so long as they get it. So what did you think about them referencing him looking like Tom Paris? I mean, they had to, right? They had to. <laughs> oh, I freaking loved it. I laughed so hard. I just so don't funny. see it. Like I could And that's all I that's all what they hard. did is all we needed. That's it. Just a just a quick reference yes. to it and then back away. That's it. Couple lines. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. How about you? Oh, I thought it was great. I love that Rutherford was so confused as how Boimler couldn't see it. He's like, they literally have the same face. And he's like, man, I don't see it. Yeah, yeah the comedic so timing was absolutely perfect. I love so, how Mariner's going to call the mini Genesis device a GD. That was probably my favorite part of the entire episode where she was just talking oh, really? to the Genesis device as a she. It was like, oh, uh-huh. he's totally obsessed with you, babe. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you you were into her talking to GD. Yeah, I just like the yeah. abbreviation GD. It's it's like, yeah, forgive me. I know we don't swear on the show, but goddamn Genesis device. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely did pop into my brain too. But it was uh it it was interesting because they needed to give her license to talk to herself. Absolutely because, there was because no one she's talking to an inanimate object in the, like most of her scenes, honestly, in this episode. Right. So yeah. this one is where, like, this is classic Star Trek where the captain says, I'm going to d- d- disobey orders, and I can't ask <laughs> you to do it with me. And then everyone chimes on. I, I really thought that Lower Decks was going to be the show that breaks from that, and where we're just going to see, like, a whole bunch of shuttles and escape pods <laughs> <laughs> leaving. Nope. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> Not this I, time. You know, Lower Decks has this tendency where in the season finales, everybody comes together. They're Cerritos strong. Mm-hmm. Right. It's real but now strong. that you mention that, there, I would like to see a time where that does happen, where it, it like with all the season finales in Lower Decks, and Lower Decks knows how to do a season finale. Like the stakes are high, but I would love to see people torn up over the right thing to do and everybody kind of goes their respective ways. What happens then? Yeah. I love that Mariner uses her mom's um command codes yeah. in order to activate this vessel and apparently this vessel i can't remember the name so please forgive me but this vessel was named after an extended family member of the star trek family where it was an eagle moss creator i think that's right mm-hmm. who passed yeah, away Fabio, oh golly i forget his last name i just saw the twitter yeah. post yesterday yeah me but too. yeah the registry number is his birthday they did it all to honor him that's so great yeah, I, I love when that's because it's such a great way to honor people who have passed who've been a part of the Star Trek family. Like, you know, we got the the Nog in yes. Discovery. How great is that? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great way to make a fan part of the actual canon. And here so we are this back was, on Orion. Like That's th- right. Like, this is an ongoing story with with Tindy's uh, background and her family. And this wasn't just a one-time reference. Like this has been utilized a couple of times throughout the season. It has. And Tendi's sister has wasted no time (laughs) 
<laughs> taking leadership over the the family. Uh, what do you want to call it? Fortune, I guess. Business, Crime family fortune? business. The family business. There you go. Yeah, I love how much this season finale ties together elements from everything that we have seen in this season, including going to Orion and Tendi's family. Yes. <laughs> All right, GD. Let's do <laughs> <Yep>. this. <laughs> I, I didn't realize how small this class of ship was. Oh, I didn't like, either a, until <laughs> you see the yeah, scale. Yeah, until this episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, this is a glorified The animators shuttle. did a great job of showing that. And honestly, the animation team has been absolutely on point this whole season. They've given us so much from Voyager to the Orion homeworld to Ferenginar to uh, Badgie ascending into infinity, a universe. And then later on, all of the Star Trek II imagery that we're going to get. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Lots of Wrath of Khan imagery. And this, yeah, this episode in particular had some really amazing animation. 2D and mm-hmm. 3D. Yeah, just beautiful, fun to watch, looks amazing, and you know exactly what they're going for. They really know how to bring it all just to life. And this was, um, I thought, okay, so when she was going down the line, who did you think that she was going to choose? Because it obviously wasn't going to be like the like Shacks or Ransom and everything like that. You knew that they were going to do something <laughs> to subvert it. I thought it was going to be uh, Dr. Ta'ana. <laughs> Oh, now that would have been fun. But I she's not even actually... there, so I, w- I was totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. But, but Shax is there, and he's just foaming at the mouth, ready to go. I did not expect Dr. Miglimu at all. I was thinking maybe she was going to nominate Rutherford and scare the crap out of him. But again, with like something in the back pocket of, I know you're going to get through this because. Right. I mean, it would have been nice if she conveyed that before he got into the ring. You know, yes, maybe so he could prepare yeah, himself yeah. maybe a little bit more. It would have been great if they could have talked that out, but uh, you know, <laughs> then that would have ruined the surprise, I guess. So we had an earlier scene where the admiral was like, "No, don't engage. This is now a political situation and everything like that." And I know that it's written so that we root for Freeman. We're like, "No, no, no, disobey the admiral's orders," but <laughs> as I'm, I'm as I'm watching the episode and I'm listening to that admiral, I'm like. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, this is a yes. really delicate situation. We're dealing with stolen property that belong, like, with crews who are still a part of those respective federations and unions and <laughs> everything right. like that. Well, notice that Mariner is not really firing on them. And I think it's for that very reason. She knows that firing first would cause an intergalactic incident that she'll have to answer for later. So she's doing everything but that. And th- yeah, this shows that, you know, she's a smart Starfleet officer, even though she's been held yeah. back. Also, speaking of which, held back. So if Cedo Jax's credits were revoked, like Wesley's, you know, uh-huh. that means that she was a th- third year twice, which means that she was a third year at the same time that Mariner was a third year, which means they would have graduated at the same time. So that hmm. makes what she said in a previous episode that she graduated ahead of her wrong. Are you sure she Mariner was a second year? Because again, that does not yes, compute. It's on, yeah. it's in the episode. Okay, I'm gonna immediately go back. I mean, I'd do it right now if we weren't doing a live commentary. Just, just to <laughs> I know see it's it. live. You can't rewind. No. 
So this was fun. like when this happened, I thought it was definitely funny and utilizing the therapist in a bird like way always makes yeah. me laugh. Um, yeah, there's been good bird stuff this season with Dr. Miglimu. This and the whole replicator thing, you know, enjoy hell replicator because he it didn't give him regurgitated food. I immediately didn't think that Starfleet lost this, that Miglimo lost. I was just like, oh, yeah, he won. Okay, cool. Right. But, but the, this totally uh, could have been interpreted. <laughs> sure. But nevertheless, he got toppled and therefore right. pinned. And therefore, that was, I mean, it's a very, like, it's a technicality, if you ask me. I would want to do over myself, but... You know, we got to keep the show moving. So, okay, fine. Here we are. <laughs> also, the whole ship transfer protocol thing is <laughs> utter nonsense. Okay. I know this is a cartoon. I know it's science fiction. Okay. But this right? is nonsense. There, I it don't is. care if you had an agreement or not. A Starfleet captain is not just going to hand over a starship to the Orion Syndicate no. She doesn't have the authority to do so, nor right. would she do it to begin with. Right, and you're not going to you know just Starfleet do it on could just a come pad. in and say, yeah, no, we're taking that back. <laughs> yeah, and also, would you not need the authorization of other crew members? Like, even to do the self-destruct, you need three. I know, and it's, well, unless it's you're just, Janeway. it's crazy. Unless you're Janeway, yeah. In, in which case, and you're going to, you know, she's bypassed all the two-factor authentication because she has to do it so much. And we've seen transfer of power in previous episodes, like when Picard transferred the codes over to um, what's his name, the the Jellico? guy that everybody hates, but also everybody loves. Oh, Jellico, yeah, 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 him. Yeah, it's true. Which made me wonder. Okay, what have they got up their sleeve? Because it's way too simple. Like they're mm-hmm. going through the motions to make it look good. What's what's the catch? That's what was going through my brain. This was, I love that later on in the episode, because like they pull, like the Orions totally pull an Orion maneuver and say like, oh yeah, we're just giving you a piece of crap ship. We didn't have to, you didn't ask for a nice one. <laughs> in my mind, I'm just like, oh, that's, t- that's Tendi's out. That's how she's going to get out. Because like she, you know, welched on the deal. So Tendi doesn't have to go. Again, technicalities, like they didn't ask for a working ship and therefore they did not get one. I did love the solution though. That they yes. come up with. Like the poor Cerritos towing this big ship. Ugh. And like at first at first glance, you're just like, how on earth could a ship that size tow another one? But then you got to remember that the California class is meant for stuff like this. It's a workhorse, right? And if you've ever been on the highway and seen like a little Geo Metro hauling somebody's trailer, <laughs> you know it can happen. <laughs> it's not a good solution. And you probably shouldn't do it, but people do it. Again, with the Twain stuff. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I take it this did not work for you. No, this is freaking stupid. I, I hate the Twain stuff. Okay, it's you know so what? so stupid. I had the opposite reaction. This actually made it work for me. Okay. Because I, I think it was Talyn <laughs> who justified it. Where, like, okay, when we had the first Twaining episodes like mm-hmm. Boimler and Rutherford yeah sure of course they're gonna do it but then making Freeman do it seemed a little too much we said that in the episode but then bringing it back until in saying sometimes just the, the most unreasonable thing is actually the thing that makes it happen I'm like you know you got a point and that is why Lower Deck style is going to go with this okay I'm good 
I think if Freeman and the alien didn't do it, I would have received this this moment better. Mm, that was just too yeah. much for you, wasn't it? Too, the Freeman and the alien thing was way too much, way too much. And so it, it soured me to the whole thing. But if that <laughs> didn't happen, this would have been fine. Okay. I mean, that's fair. In my mind. That's fair. I love that little drip of sweat going down Mariner's <laughs> face. And like, that's just a really cool little detail. But then, okay, I just noticed something. It's falling down the same place twice. <laughs> Cutting well, yeah, from we cut, the end of the scene. We had a yeah, commercial like break. Repeating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do, I do love that, you know, like the the lower deckers, they're not just pawns. They're like, no, we're not going to do this. Like, you know, screw you, Lacarno. <laughs> like, because he has right. no real power over them. It was a coalition, like he said. Well, it was and, supposed to be. But really what right. Locarno wants is he wants to make the rules. He wants them to follow him. Pretty right. easy to see through this. And so we're getting some heavy Wrath of Khan vibes. Big time. The whole submarine thing, you know, the static on the screen. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. we know where this is going. Even the sound is the same, I think. Yeah, like we have certain spikes that you hear with uh, like a piano and strings, like just when the mm-hmm. lightning hits and it it sounds exactly like something that you would get from the Wrath of Khan score. Totally. So we're, we're uh, a, a, another moment is coming up like that shot right there, like with the, with Mariner ship hovering mm-hmm. over. The oh Karnos yeah. Definitely. Straight out of the Wrath of Khan. Totally is. Now I do hope, and we have complained about Mariner not getting like, we're not resolving her issues very quickly this season. I really do hope she listens to what she is saying to Locarno right now and really is going to overcome her own deal because if she just took a taste of her own medicine, bam. Get out of your own way, Mariner. I love Laura Dex and I love the writers. I love McMahon. I truly do, but I have zero faith in them to to not use it in season five. Mariner's troubles. Zero faith in them. Man, I really, no, I hope not. I hope this really is the end of it. Seeing her build her life without trying to sabotage herself. Okay, this was another moment when I, like, this kind of broke my suspension of disbelief. Where I was just kind of like, really? We're going to (laughs) put the entire senior crew on the captain's yacht? I had the same thought, like, why are they all there? And then why of all officers is Boimler the captain? And then yet... The lieutenant junior grade. Yeah. Like, in reality, there's no way this would actually happen. But there's literally a lieutenant senior grade. I know. I know. It's we all know why they did it, because we needed a Boimler captain moment. But there's literally a junior senior, like, lieutenant senior (laughs) grade flying the ship. Yeah. But that is completely beside the point. I, I guess you just, you know, okay, you got this, Boims. And you know what? And, For and as little as we've you gotten You put him, the entire bridge crew on one ship? Like, they could have been wiped out instantly. Yeah, that, you never put all your eggs in one basket like that. Never. There's a reason why the president and the vice president don't travel together. Yes, it's why Picard sent Riker on away missions. <laughs> yeah it does not make any sense however it is a great little arc for Boimler he hasn't had that much to do this season and he went from being like downright scared of the possibilities of promotion although excited it's just the responsibility weighed on him heavily to the point where he is acting 
confidently as an actual commander of the starship right now. I mean, that is the huge arc that we got this season. And you're very right for pointing that out. And you know that like some writers were in the room and they're like, are we really going to put this entire senior staff in one shuttle? And this man's <laughs> just like, shut up. It's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, just you shut up. We need to make this work. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this season, I have to take it down just a little bit of a notch because some things have been a little too convenient like that. Like, I, I yeah. feel like they didn't cut corners like that as much in season three as they have here. I, I, I think I have to agree with you that there's, while season four is very entertaining with some really great episodes, there has been more than a few plot contrivances that are, are like you said, are too convenient. Like, even for Star Trek, you're like, really? Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, is that the first time that's ever happened in Star Trek? Of course not. No, no, but no. More so than it has in its own history, yeah. Yeah, just I think we have seen more solid work. And yet, as far as season finales goes, this, I don't know if it's my absolute top favorite, but it is up there. It might be number two. I, I'll have to go back and rethink because I, I can't, they all kind of blend together for me. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly, but this is this is up there, if not the top for me. Like, even though I've complained pretty vocally about a few things that have made me roll my eyes, overall, this is a fantastic episode. It, it, yeah, it's great. It brings back so many things that have developed over the season. The stakes are high and it's just, it's entertaining. It's fun to watch. And we are actually getting some movement with our characters it's a complete right. package it's good and the idea of put of the Ferengi putting a paywall on a bomb is just <laughs> genius <laughs> of course they would love that so much oh it is it is just the piece de resistance of this episode mm. it, it is it's so Star Trek it's so lower it decks is. it's so funny it is, and it's one of those things where you didn't expect it, but you should have. I and then love we see the Genesis effect. This yeah. visual, yes, of the clouds ever so f- slowly forming over space. Oh, they did that so well. It's so beautiful. I'm surprised they didn't make more of an overt um, uh, lens flare pattern of the uh, of the Lacarno's image, like a, a symbol. You know, like, because it was almost there. And so you think that, like, maybe they, maybe, I'm sure that would have, some people are like, no, that's too on the nose. And you're you're right. I'm just saying I'm surprised they didn't. Yeah. Honestly, it, it, yeah. You pointed out, and yeah, they could have gone there. It's fine that they didn't. (laughs) Nevertheless, Locarno got his starburst. (laughs) Yep, he got his starburst. (laughs) And uh, and so we just got a new in class planet that they're going to use for refugees apparently uh yeah so what could possibly go wrong a ferengi yeah Genesis i'm sure those device? people will never need to be rescued yeah oh no of course not <laughs> what what is lacarno's role going to be in this is he's the unstable substance instead of proto matter here right yeah that's the thing it's just like his genetic material is inter- interwoven with the planet so we're like okay how are we going to use that later on like are we going to get a know. recall this is coming in season five. They have to address this, right? They all, like, all the animals look like little Tom Paris's. Like. <laughs> <laughs> they're all salamanders. <laughs> oh, they're salamanders that look like Nick Lucarno and Tom Paris at the same time. <laughs> I just had a horrible thought, though. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, hear me out. <laughs> 
It regenerates Locarno. And then Talyn has to have hand sex while he's dealing with puberty to help him overcome it. Is that a little too on the nose? Hey, we got a we got a Wrath of Khan reference for this season. I mean, I think we're gonna get a search for Spock reference in the next one. I'm, you know, I'm. It's, we got it's yeah, not, we got the will probe in the opening credits. I expect God next season. We're no. just we're keeping this up. I think. And so we Talin get confirmation that that's right. That's just just about to say that like Talyn is sticking around. No longer, no no more back and forth. What am I gonna do? She's gonna stay with the Cerritos. Yeah. She has been a fantastic addition to our lower deckers. She is that element that didn't like it didn't ever seem like anything was missing in the dynamic, but she adds so much to the dynamic that I can't imagine it without her now. I think she's that stabilizing force that I think Boy- they were playing around with Boimler being at the beginning of the show. Like in mm-hmm. season one, Boimler and Mariner, like Mariner was the crazy one. And while Boimler was crazy himself, he was always the one saying, maybe we shouldn't do this. And yeah. now Talyn is a stabilizing uh, effect of here's logic and here's why we can do this while not being a buzzkill the entire time. Totally. And throwing in a lot of really good one-liners at that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I thought, I, I do like that Tindy and Rutherford are the ones that share a hug goodbye. Like that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It makes me so sad in the next scene where you see his face fall. They're like, oh, she'll be fine. He's like, oh, yeah, she'll be good. And then he's just like, I miss my friend. I don't think he's going to cope well with this. <laughs> no. And it makes me wonder. So like in the previous seasons, like when Captain Freeman was like in trouble with the law, like mm-hmm. that got wrapped up in one episode, even though we <laughs> thought that was going to be like a season long arc. Are we going to get Tendi back in the first episode? That's of next a season? good question. You know, is it going to take longer? It's something that I wanted to ask you. I kind of wonder if maybe they won't address this until episode two, and then she'll be back for episode three. That's my guess. What about you? I I think it's going to be that she'll be back by mid mid episode two. That's what I'm going to guess. Mid episode yeah. two. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. She she has some family drama to work with. We thought that was done, but. It's not, not by far. So I'm curious to know what's going to happen. But but we unfortunately have to wait a whole freaking year. We got to wait a whole year, folks. And I was, this episode was so good and it ended in such a a cool way. Mm -hmm. It almost felt like they didn't know if season five was going to happen. You know, I disagree. I think they knew. Yeah, it's not like they threw in like the whole kitchen sink. I, they laid, they left it with room to go. Oh, I, I definitely, oh, I think they definitely left. I mean, they they wouldn't have done the Tendi storyline if they you know wrapped up everything. It's just yeah. there were so many. It, this was such a good out that like if it didn't happen, if for some reason season five didn't happen, I feel like we would be satisfied with this other than Tendi leaving the ship. In my opinion. Because Mariner's Maybe. story kind of wrapped up. Boimler had that arc. Talyn is staying. You know, there, yeah. there's all all these positives except for Tindy leaving. I don't know, man. I don't know if if they had to leave it here. I don't know if it would be enough to feel like, wow, that, that was a solid ending to the show. It feels like a season finale, not a series finale to me. 
Oh, I yeah, I don't take me too literally. I mean, I, of course we'd be angry, <laughs> but like the you know, like it, it's it's a common thing for people who don't know. Again, this is just pure conjecture on my part, my part. Yeah. And I'm just saying that there were certain elements where like there's several shows where they're like, I hope we get renewed. And so they throw everything <laughs> they can in the season finale where it still works as a season finale, but it could potentially be a series finale. Again, yeah. just saying, maybe, probably not. There we go. We'll, well have to wait until next year to see what season five yeah. is. And come to think of it, when did Lower Decks get its fifth season renewal? Because I, th- I think it came a little bit later because like seasons two and three were just like, Boom, here you go. Play with this. Right. But I think as time has gone on, it's been a little more spread out season by season basis. And and there's I mean, a possibility that season five is going to be the last season. It's you possible. Know, which, we've, which we've talked about, which McMahon has talked about. Mm-hmm. And so we got to ready ourselves that this could be a five season show. It really could be. I think McMahon might be mentally preparing for that, where maybe next right. season he does... And the show, just in case it doesn't get renewed for season six, or if the axe comes down and they know it's not coming back after that season. Right. But, because Discovery didn't know, and so they had to go back mm-hmm. and reshoot parts of the last episode to tie it up as a series finale. Right. But the way animation is made, I think they'd have to make that decision. They'd have to commit. Oh, definitely. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So here's hoping, though. I want Lower Decks... Forever. As long as Mike McMahon wants to make it, let him. Yeah. I would love to see this be like a 10-year show. I would. I, I, I genuinely would. I, would, I think this would be a great show to, to go on. Because, you know, like, you know, Rick and Morty just started his seventh season. And it's been renewed for a couple more seasons. So we're in, you know, McMahon hails from that. He's got the chops. He's got the animation chops. He's, he knows people in the business. He's a smart person behind the scenes as well as in the show. And well, I mean, doing the show and also, I mean, also the the mechanics, the business side of, of showbiz sure. you know, everything like that. So if Plus anybody can pull it off, he can. He loves yeah. Star Trek. You can tell the show could not be made with a showrunner who didn't know anything about Star Trek and did not love Star Trek profusely. Well, that's it, folks. That's the season. That's our episode. We will see you next year for more Second Contact. Please, please let us know what you thought of the episode and what you think of the show. We love talking to you guys on Twitter. We don't get too many emails from you guys, but we do definitely get Twitter messages from you. So you can find <laughs> me at the Insane Robin. And you can find me at Oh the Profanity. And I just want to echo what you said. Thank you all for all the things that you've chimed in over the season and the past ones as we've gone through this journey. Uh, we, we love hearing from you. Keep it up, please. Live long and prosper. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.